40% is the actual project itself, the numbers, the math, the area, why it's so great. And 60% is more the interpersonal skills and the theme. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Where Should I Invest with Sarah Larby. I'm excited for today. And today's guest is Matthew Frederick, who I actually hired as one of my mentors to really teach me that next level of real estate investing. And, and the reason I did that, I always think that it's important to really learn from people that have done what you want to do and uh, and people that have made mistakes so that you can't you don't have to make mistakes so that i don't have to make mistakes so just to give you guys a little bit of background so i was uh with some friends at the cottage a few months ago and uh and that would be like jen richter you guys probably see them on my social media jessica bukta and uh, gabrielle campbell and the four of us actually decided that, you know, we love the birth strategy. We love whatever, you know, that everyone's doing something different, like residentially. And we were really wanting to take that next step. And so we said, well, we love what we're doing. So like, just to give you guys an example, obviously you all know that I love the birth strategy and that's really my main strategy. Jen Richter, good friend, does uh, basement conversions on the Hamilton Mountain, started off with pre-construction. Jessica Bukta and, uh, and her husband, Luke Boyron, essentially are the largest wholesalers in Canada, and they do about 100 transactions or more this year. Actually, in 2019, they've done over 100 transactions. And Jessica also does a lot of the Airbnb income properties that they have like cottage rentals and uh, and Gabby does uh, buy and hold and uh, buy and hold in the Milton market with uh, with some new builds so we all have a uh, vast knowledge and experience in uh, in real estate investing but when it comes to residential real estate and uh, we we said why don't we do something different like buy land and build on it and develop it and so that is uh, is how our group got started, and uh, and then so essentially we uh, we're really branding ourselves as the real estate empresses, where we're coming together, we're joining forces, and we're just going to go to that next level when it comes to real estate investing. Now, I am still doing my birth strategy, I'm still doing my own stuff, just like they're still doing theirs, but together we're gonna we're gonna do a new project. So. We hired Matt to really help guide us and teach us the ropes and what we need to do because I'll, I'll tell you, it's really quite different when you're going from what we're doing to learning about development and about building and building that team as well is huge. So you guys know I'm a big believer in having the best team in place that includes many different parts and moving pieces when you get into the development and the building realm. And so we, we wanted to be able to use an existing team in place and really be able to make at mistakes. We're going to make mistakes, but not as many as, uh, as if we were to do it by ourselves and really be learning that way. So I'm excited about this interview. And then if you guys have any questions about development, I would probably say right now, 
Um, Matt would probably be the number one person that I would recommend uh, to field your questions to because of uh, his experience that he's uh, built in Alberta and etc. and actually Belize as well. So lots of really, really great strategies out there. And, uh, and that's one thing that uh, I would say if you're listening to this and you haven't started yet, there's lots of strategies. I would say pick one, start with one, learn one. And you know, in my case, I started with buy and hold over time, developed that into the birth strategy and absolutely love it. And I'm still going to be doing the birth strategy because essentially I believe in it 110%. It is what got me here today. And that's how I got to the 10 properties that I have. The last one we were qualifying with Scotia. So again, there's, uh, but I, I built a good team. I definitely did not do that by myself. But with that said, guys, I would say don't have analysis paralysis forever. Just learn enough build the right team, hire the right coaches. I mean, if you're interested in the birth strategy, I am happy to help you and teach you what I know. And for me, I'm, I wanna learn about development and building. So I hired my own coach with uh, with the real estate empresses to avoid making those big mistakes. Because if you make mistakes in development, yeah, let's just put it this way, it's, it's much bigger of a scale <laughs> and a much bigger mistake. So I need to know that my team is the best team out there. My architect is used to doing these types of deals, my builder. And so guys, I would just say, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, but pick a strategy and then create your team based on that and uh, and take action. So really excited. So what we're doing right now, just as a, maybe more of an FYI is we're looking for land. So. We are actively looking for land in the Ontario markets, uh, about two acres of land. So if you or anybody that you know has some land or has some land for sale or wants to sell your land, <laughs> let me know. I'm happy to have that conversation. Of course, it has to have the right zoning and we definitely have a few ideas of how we want to build on it and exactly what we want to do. But yeah, so throwing it out there if you guys have land or uh, know of land, feel free to send me an email, sarah at sarahlarby.com. So guys, with that said, I hope you enjoy this interview and uh, I will keep you guys updated on the progress and how we do that. But uh, just keep in mind, get in there and hire the right team. So thanks guys and hope you enjoy the show. Welcome Matt to the show. How are you? I am doing fantastic, Sarah. So you are, I want to say you're like a four-time returning guest between my two podcasts <laughs> right now. <laughs> Then, uh, so the second time that you are on Where Should I Invest and just did a recording at the Right Club podcast. So, because I think you're, you're probably the, the one investor that has so much experience in so many different strategies and avenues that you know, every time we can take it a different direction. So thanks for coming back again. Well, it's always great to be here and sharing. Awesome. Awesome. So one of the things that the listeners may not know is that I actually personally hired you to help me with developments and building with the uh, real estate empresses, which, which are Jen Richter and, and Gabby Charles and Jess Bukta, myself, literally we were at the cottage and all said, you know, we love what we're doing, but like, how do we take it to the next level and who can help us? And we came up with development and your name came up. So, <laughs> so here we are. And I do remember the call. I think it was a Sunday and I think you're all in the car heading back and uh, maybe in a snowstorm. And I think you all called me at the same time hearing these four voices, I'm like, 
am I in heaven? <laughs> right, exactly. So, and you didn't know what you get you were getting yourself into, and now we're always bothering you with stuff. <laughs> we did not know. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. So I do want to take a, a moment and we haven't really talked about hiring mentors and hiring somebody to help you get to where you want to go faster. Because I, I think part of where, you know, when originally I started in, in real estate and residential, if I had figured it out a little bit sooner, I would have spent less money on on the mistakes. And so I, I hope this time going the uh, the development route and the bigger route, we do it a lot smoother than uh, than my first first house that I ever bought and uh, and put the wrong the wrong tenant in so let's talk about like the importance I guess of uh, of working with a mentor hiring the right person as as people are either scaling up or starting out you want to share that well a lot of people have to remember that if you have a mentor and your mentor is credible they've actually paved the path which means the time you spend with them today was not free for them. I know for me, I've, I've told people I've lost probably over a million dollars just in learning to build and develop, plus probably another half million dollars worth of mistakes as I was going through the commercial world, probably a few hundred thousand dollars worth of mistakes when I was in the residential world. So my mistakes pretty much allowed me to know, to show a person what not to do. At the same time, I also had some great successes and therefore I know the path through it as well. So when you hire a mentor, you're not just really just paying for the time you have right now, you're paying for the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years of their life in order to shorten the distance between the time that where, you are, well, where you are today and where you want to be tomorrow. You know, on your own, it might take, let's say, a few years with a mentor, it may shorten the gap. But in both cases, it still takes a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. So you're mentoring a lot of people. Are you focusing on, I mean, I, th- I think we pulled you back into the development world, but are you focusing on anything or just commercial or residential or a mix of all of that above? So because I've been investing for a pretty long time now, over 29 years uh, as of this year, I have a portfolio. So my portfolio takes care of, let's say, what I need. I was focusing a little bit more on the teaching aspect of it and dealing with my existing portfolio as an asset manager making sure their revenues go up and the expenses go down. I spent nine, 10 years building. I was moving away from that, but working with uh, U4 at the Empresses, you know, what has really re-energized me into thinking, you know what, I, I want to get back into development. I want to do the single home. I want to do the subdivisions like I used to, and maybe the two or three story buildings. And again, that's what happens. Even as a mentor, working with younger, brilliant people like yourselves and uh, Jess, Jen, and Gabby, really pulls me into saying, hey, you know what? I want to get back into this. So it's a win-win for me, by the way. Awesome. So for for those of us that have a handful of properties and maybe we've been doing commercial, maybe some multifamily, and we're trying to get into developments. So let's just say we've got, I don't know, let's call it five to 10 properties of, of single family, multifamily. What are some things that we need to be aware of going into something bigger like a development project? Well, one of the key things that you have to be aware of now moving away from the actual physical development aspect it's pretty much uh the partnership who are you working with and can you work together and i think that's very very important and of course bringing somebody onto onto the table who can pull the whole team together in other words you have to have a master engineer to oversee everyone's roles from let's say fifty thousand feet to make sure there's a consistency because experts at different levels sometimes only see their role. And when it comes together, although perfect on paper, when it comes together, it may not fit. Right. 
Okay. So with us as an example, can you walk us through, I mean, I kind of know this stuff, but like what you would do step-by-step, what you help us learn, what you help us see, you know, like what, what are we, what are we working on? And and actually we have a call later today as well. And uh, can you touch base on, on what you're going to be teaching? Well, first of all, I have to look at the dynamic of the group. Each one of you have expertise in different areas. So each person is already successful. But at the same time, you're entering into a field that is still predominantly male. And most people in this field are probably 40 years old to 65 years old. So we have to overcompensate for being female and overcompensate for, you know, uh, the age gap. So what I've done is I've sat down and I looked at my experience and decided, okay, here are the things I need to teach you guys in order for you guys to avoid the landmines of prejudgment. Now, the development field is it's moving, it's growing. It's not just for males, but in every situation when you're breaking new ground, there are certain landmines, a certain protocol that you have to understand. So I'm spending the time to lay that out for you so that you understand you know, what landmines not to hit. Then there's also things that you learn over a 10 or 15 year period. You have to know every street in the city, just certain key streets. So I'm covering the, the key elements that you would need to know in order to have the competency when you're speaking to people who've been in the business for 10, 15 years. And then I'm tapping into your creativity, adding it to mine and doing things a new way. Uh, not completely new, but a fresh way. Because sometimes in an industry where everyone's much older, they tend not to be as fresh anymore. So again, I'm, I'm looking at your strengths and I'm tying it into the development process and uh, moving forward. And then of course, we're going through how to spot land, how to negotiate deals, how to you know speak to developers, and what is the entire process for site plan approval, uh, the soft part, the paperwork part, and then we'll go into the hard part as well after. Absolutely. What's the hard part? When I say hard part, I mean like instead of soft, the paperwork part, I'm talking about the physical building of the property. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking for land. We're looking for land, 1.4 to 2 acres, give or take. And we have a strategy to, uh, to essentially develop. And then may- maybe we will or, or we'll, we will not build and we're looking into certain areas. When we're looking for land, what are some of the things that you suggest people look for? Like if they're looking for a piece of land to, to develop, whether it's you know, multifamily, whether it's a plaza, whether it's a storage unit, what are some things, because you're looking on on MLS as an example, you see a piece of land that we should consider when, uh, or even before calling that realtor. Some of it might not even be worth calling <laughs> based on a few things. So what is that? Well, it, it really depends on what you're building. If you're building a multifamily building, maybe 30 to 50 units, then you have to consider, do we have the proper stormwater, the proper sewage, the, the electrical? So how far is this piece of land away from all the services? Because you don't want to bring services in, electrical, plumbing, and everything to the property. You would hope it was at the property line to begin with, and then you just attach it. So that's really important. At the same time, if you're too far out, you have to remember something. Cities, even if you're one major block away, may take four or five years to get there because, well, why aren't they developing that land? Because when you build in an area or allow building in an area, you have to provide the fire service, the police service, ambulance service, hospital service, and schooling. So cities would prefer you to go up than to go too far out into the wilderness. And some people will spot a piece of land out in no, no one's land and then buy it and hope the city gets to them. So keep in mind, the city has to put infrastructure in to support that piece of land. So again, 
you can't be too far out, but you have to have services pretty much to the property. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, really important when, it look, when you're looking at buying property. Absolutely. You're also a, a big believer in buying off market and rather than on MLS. So it's quite interesting and you've got different strategies of trying to find off market properties. What are some of those strategies to find that piece of land that's not on MLS? Well, your off market strategy start off with the basics. You have to speak to that property owner. And of course there are different ways to get to the property owner and that would take too long to explain right now. But the key principle is when you speak to the property owner or property owners, you have to have an understanding that I may approach someone to buy their land or buy their plaza or buy their building. And most people will stop at, oh, you don't want to sell. Okay, thank you very much. And they'll move on. You have to ask a few more questions. Oh, okay, you don't want to sell. I get it. But do you have something else you want to sell? Because sometimes they have something else they want to sell. And even though you're looking at property A, you end up buying property C. I, I may also ask them, have you thought of joint venturing with somebody for your next deal? Some people tell me, you know, if I was 10 years younger, I would, I would do some building. Well, I'm 10 years younger. So you know what? Maybe we can join venture together. So not just can I buy your property? No. Do you have something else? Perhaps. Do you want to join a venture in the future? Maybe. Oh, by the way, are you looking for something else? Because I'm also, as you see, doing some door-to-door -door and I'm finding other properties. And if you're interested in investing, if I find another property, can we do something together? Or perhaps I may wholesale it or assign it to you. So the concept is not just, can I buy your property when it's not for sale? You have to ask five other questions. I've given you a few of them. And then if you do that with everybody, you'll find that every 10 people you've spoken to, you'll get about three or four offshoots that cause you to get some good success. Sounds like a sales pipeline. I'm in sales for, for my, my job at this point. So you put them in through your pipeline and then you cultivate them. And then maybe two years later, you get a sale from something that you've started two years prior. I'm guessing some of this stuff doesn't happen overnight. Well, some of it does happen overnight. Some of it doesn't happen overnight. And like I said, if I talk to 10 people, if all 10 have no interest in selling, I'm going to get at least somebody that they know that may be interested. Perhaps they want to work with me on buying something. So it's really good stats. So three out of 10 will do something if you ask more than one question. And of course, I learned that at McDonald's, right? As a, at the drive-thru. Do I want uh, the meal? Do I want to supersize my fries? Do I want a bigger drink? No, I don't. But if they can do it at 16, 17, 18 years old, I can do it when I talk to investors. Right. So, okay. So, so here's a question because a lot of this is going to cost a lot more than a single family house, right? It's not going to be a half a million dollar project. So at this point, most people have to raise money and they have to either work with joint ventures or they have to raise private money. You know, let's just say we have a piece of land and that piece of land is, let's just call it a million or, you know, a million and a half per acre. We have a you know, three acre piece of land. Then what is the next step in order to, once we have it under contract, let's just talk about the raising money part. What do you recommend and, uh, and how are these done usually? Well, the concept behind raising money it's probably, I would say, 30% or 40% about the project that you're raising money for. Whether it's a buy, fix, sell, whether it's a buy and hold, whether it's a buy the land, whether it's a build. 40% is the actual project itself, the numbers, the math, the area, why it's so great. And 60% is more the interpersonal skills and the theme, taking them to the top of the mountain to see the, the vision or the view. See, a lot of people who I do business with are high net worth people. 
and sometimes there are doctors and dentists and engineers and lawyers and judges. And uh, you have to remember, anybody who is in a profession that's a high-paying profession probably made the decision at 19 to do so. So at 19 years old, hey, I want to be a doctor. It can take about 10 years to become a doctor. So by the time you're 29, you're a doctor. And then you have 39 and 49 receiving the benefits or the consequences of your decision. But at 49 years old, I ask him the question, what have you done for yourself lately? I mean, I get that being a doctor is incredible and you're making a lot of money and you're helping a lot of people. But between you and I, that was a 19-year-old decision. They're starving to make a new decision, still be a doctor, but do something great at 49 for 59, 69. So still be a doctor, but the investing allows them to, let's say if they invest with me for a few years, they can work one less day. Because that's all a doctor wants to do. Make the same money, maybe more, but work one less day a week. If I were a judge, I'd rather sit on the bench one less day a week. If I were a veterinarian, I'd rather work one less day a week because at work, I have to put to sleep a few animals and I love animals. Does that sort of make sense? So it's not just a project, but you have to talk about why they should you know, do something new and interesting. And then at the same time, uh, they can do that with us and as we are building and generating income, they can do what they love, and the money allows them to do it a little bit less, or even do it for a shorter period of time. Does that sort of make sense? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals and Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors. And Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome, Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the, the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, Give us a call or text at 905-592-4220 or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. Yeah. So like somebody starting out, let's say they have two, three properties and they want to get into this. How do they convince or how do they even find where all of these people are? I mean, if you don't have connections with doctors and lawyers or judges and stuff like that, you know, what's the step that you would recommend that they take in order to get a credibility from those people and also finding them? Well, I get deals from my barber. 
I go to a men's barbershop. The men are generally uh, 45 to 65. And I sit back and my barber, Joe, he knows me. He talks all the time. He talks a lot. And the people who come into that barbershop are people who are, well, in this case, they're male. They're all in good position. And I get to know them through the barbershop. Now, of course, if I were female, they would be the equivalent of that. Uh, I go to a certain gym. And that gym, I pay a little bit more. When I pay a bit more for that gym, I'm sitting back in the change room or I'm on the workout bench and I'm talking to people who have access to dollars. So I'm not speaking to them about investing. The last thing I do is I speak about investing. What I tend to do is speak about everything else. And if they see my life is going in a great direction, they ask me why. And because they ask me why, I tell them why. So what I'm saying is you have to pick areas. I go and buy my bread in a special spot, a very particular place that only high net worth people like to buy their bread. So it's finding out where they go and what they do, and then getting to know them. They get to know you. So it's a long game. It might take three months or six months, but that's how you do it. That's how simple it is. And also, I go to fashion shows and uh, charity events and galas and balls. I think you mentioned, though, not necessarily having that as your first conversation, because for me, if I was in their spot, that'd be the biggest turnoff to hear the first couple words that come out of somebody's mouth is about them trying to sell you something. So I think it is important to cultivate that trust in the relationship over time. Exactly. So a lot of real estate investors love talking about real estate. I don't really talk about it. At some point, people ask me, why is your life different? Why do you have certain freedoms? Why do you think the way you do? And I tell them, well, I do invest in real estate. It allows me to do the things I want to do. And ultimately, by telling them that, they're interested in me, they begin to ask me questions, and then I begin to give them answers. And then I show them the results, and uh, they want to do business with me. So again, you're right. I don't just talk about real estate. I never talk about it. I talk about life. And people ask me, why do I think how I think? But real estate is why. So I want to take it in a different direction and for a second, because you mentioned that you don't really talk about real estate, but one of the things is you're, you're pretty much a retired other than just helping us here and there. Can you walk us through, like, because you, you, at one point you were a college professor, I believe, and then you, you didn't have a job or you, you've been out of the job world anyways for a while. Since uh, 97. 97. So can you walk us through that, like how you got there and then how you continued and then what kind of investments that allowed you to do that? Was it investing or was it coaching or was it a combination of both of those that allow you to, to keep that income going since 1997 onwards? So it's a combination. So the investing was good. And yes, I was making cash flow. But what people don't really realize is sometimes even though you look great on paper, at the end of your work week, your extra money goes into your real estate property. And I remember for about six or seven years, I have looking good on paper. I have lots of houses, but I'm broke. I'm physically broke. I work an entire month and there's, I pay my bills. There's nothing left for me, but any access goes into my real estate. Now, the risk that is building, back in my day, things built around 5% a year. The interest rates were 5.5%. So you couldn't you know, just uh, keep refinancing like crazy. That was not available. So I had to coach. Coaching helped me to compensate for the lack of cash flow or for if things broke. People would say to me, are you an expert? Back then I would say, no, I'm not an expert. But who I was five years ago to who I am today, I'm a hell of a lot smarter. And it just so happens that you are who I was five years ago. So I can help you to do what you need to do. And that's going to cost a few thousand dollars, whether it's a thousand or five thousand that would help me to compensate for my cash flow. And also when things broke, and I'm thinking to myself, if I didn't coach while I was investing, 
I personally don't think I would have been able to survive because I bought too many properties. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they all maxed me out, couldn't handle it. So it was a combination for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, I mean, that's interesting. And, uh, you know, you took what you, you love doing, which is teaching, and uh, carried it over. So the other thing I do want to talk about, I want to have a little time for this, is the Belize developments. And uh, just to, to get an update on that, because I think originally the first time we might have covered it briefly or in one of our episodes. So you're, you're building a development. Can you talk to us about that and where that's at right now and, uh, and next steps? So interesting enough, my business partner is retired. And he's 58 years old. He was a police officer and uh, he had his own businesses. And technically, I'm, it's called semi-retired. So one of the most difficult things is to move from, let's say, being retired. Because people don't really realize retirement means lack of responsibility to others, other than your immediate family. To then get back into development or building, which is really having 100% liability to others and responsibility to be financially or to be fiduciary responsible for somebody else's money. And that's a big jump. So a lot of people don't really understand that. So once you mentally have gotten back into the game to say, yes, I'm going to be fiduciary responsible for other people's money. Yes, I'm going to have to answer to my partners. And yes, I have to create a system to benefit them. Once you've gone through that, now you have to find that great piece of property in Belize and you have to now control the major ingredient. And as for us, we have a brick making company. So we make the brick and we also do a marble and we also do uh, a few other things so that uh, once we start to build, because we control the major ingredient, we can then, let's say, get things done on time. And at the same time, what we've done down there, we bring brand new system. People do things a very old way and we bring a more efficient way. So some of the things we'll be building would be, you know, two and three story condo buildings with about 12 units and also some single family homes just off the beach. So that's what we're focusing on right now. But we spent a lot of time creating the system, the structure, bringing in new technology, making sure we have the right people and making sure we're the right mindset to be able to, to take care and handle things for people who may invest their hard-earned money and they want to see a result. But the concept is simple. Why not buy a vacation home and it's also your retirement home and have someone else pay for it because we're going to run it for you as well. You can use it when you want, but we'll run it for you for a small percentage. So someone's paying for it for the next 5, 10, 15 years, you're good to go. So you have a lot of stuff going on. So what's next? Like where do you see your projects going in the next one to five years? So what are you working on or are you just going to take it easy or what, <laughs> what are you going to be up to? Well, I have a 12 year old daughter and I like being a dad. So that's one of my most important uh, responsibilities and something that, that I like doing. Also, when it comes to real estate, I'll probably do some interesting things with uh, uh, you four ladies, the empresses. So I may get back into development, uh, more so consulting in the aspect of it. And again, I may add to my portfolio as I, let's say, refinance out of certain deals or sell a certain deals. But I do like the teaching aspect. Once you get to a certain stage of your life, you have lots of knowledge. Why not share that knowledge? It's a gift to share the knowledge that, that you've learned. It's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Is your daughter into real estate? You know what? Uh, she is. She is. But not uh, consciously. She hangs out with me and sometimes uh, she'll spot things. Here's a bad roof or there's a problem with this or there's long grass. You know, I play this game mm -hmm. called let's go collect rents with daddy. So she understands the concept. I have her come with me. Or she loves it when uh, she's in a van, really high up, going down the back roads of the cottage, you know, going from 
investment to investment and uh, just enjoy doing that. Just enjoy spending time with me. So it's good. Awesome. That's good. Good, uh, good to hear. So you're obviously in Belize, you, you have a, a lot of other stuff going on. You know, what do you like to do just for yourself for fun? Well, you know, for many years, I, I had a pattern of scuba diving and skydiving and rock climbing and, you know, whitewater rafting. And I, I stopped doing that. I didn't do it for 2019. So I'm probably going to get back into that. Uh, some activity. I might pick a sport, probably volleyball, something that requires stretching. You'd be surprised that badminton, such a slow game. I mean, it requires a lot of stretching. So I'll probably do a stretching sport, something that I don't have to think too much. And uh, yet still, it's, I can see the little shuttle move still slow enough for me that I can uh, hit that. And so I'll probably do a little bit of sports, a little bit of fitness. You know, if you can control your body or get your body to good condition, it's a great way to control your life as well, right? So. Absolutely. Awesome. So the, the next part of this podcast is our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a series of five questions and you're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment and pause the podcast interview here because I wanted to introduce you to Dahlia Barsoom of Streetwise Mortgages. I am a big believer, as you guys probably have heard, work with a mortgage broker. They are going to help you scale. And when I was first growing in real estate investing and looking to buying my second property and my third property, I was going directly to the bank then. I hadn't met Dahlia yet. And I actually was hitting a roadblock when it came to financing because the bank started asking me for 25% as the down payment. And then for my third property, they wanted 35%. And it was really, really hard for me to A, understand why it was creeping up like that. And B, I didn't have 35% to put down. I had 20%. And luckily, I actually met Dahlia at that point in time. And Dahlia is actually an investor herself, and she's works with many, many investors. And she knows all the pitfalls and the barriers that normally come up with dealing directly with a bank and all the different lenders. And Dahlia was actually able to not just find me proper alternatives, but I've got nine properties now, and I'm still able to get financing with A lenders, and it allows me to be able to scale up without hitting the financing wall. And so she's been a tremendous help. So the other thing I really, really enjoy is Dahlia also does a free goals analysis. So if you go to either my website or her website, streetwisemortgages.com, mention the podcast and ask for the free goals analysis, it was a game changer for me. And it allowed me to actually understand what I needed to do, how many properties I was going to get because of the cash flow that I was looking for. If you guys wanted to reach out to Dahlia, you can reach out to her by email, which is info at streetwisemortgages.com. Or you can actually reach out to her on the website at streetwisemortgages.com. And then just go to the contact section. And you can also call her at one 800 208 Six two five five. Thanks for listening, and back to the show. And now back to the show. So these are similar questions to before. So you can either give the same answer or uh, change it up. Number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever? It's got to be Cash Flow Quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, I like that one. That's good. Um, number two, what is your favorite podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? I listen to a few, and uh, there is well, obviously, I listen to yours. Uh, which to me, it's great. 
I've had great response from from uh, the public with regards to being on your podcast. And I like the people that you bring on to your podcast. It's very simple, very to the point. It's real people. I like real people. And the Right Club has a real people podcast too. So I like them both. Okay. So any others other than uh, than the ones I host? Uh, you know what? I might listen to a TED Talk every now and then. I don't take in as much information. You know, um, I take information in, but I, I process it and I use it. Awesome. Uh, number three, I, I think we kind of touched base on this, but what's your number one thing that you do for fun aside from real estate? Well, I really enjoy eating. So therefore, that's why I have to get to the gym. So I enjoy trying new foods, trying out new restaurants. I enjoy, you know, sitting with people and just having conversations about life in general. Okay. You know, so I enjoy meeting with people and, you know, enjoy it, having fun. Any, any foods that you would not eat? Well, I'm allergic to almonds or if not allergic, um, intolerant, but I eat them anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number four, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how do you start again? Well, a lot of people talk about what's the best strategy to use. You know, is it Burr? Is it rent to own? Is it multifamily? The secret is it's not a strategy. The strategy is the noun. The truth is it's the verb. The verb is to find properties that are not on the market. And I've mastered that a hard thing to do and also find investors who have not even thought of investing and cause them to invest in real estate, a hard thing to do. I focused on both of those verbs. And if you're great at finding properties off market and you're great at getting people to invest, which that's what I've specialized in. Uh, well then Burke, RTO, rent to own, multifamily, wholesaling, every single strategy works a lot better. So I would just use those two skill sets and that's how I would build it back in within a year. Awesome. So last question, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend it? Well, find a good mentor, spend 20,000 on themselves and then take to the 30,000 and use those as deposits to secure a property and wholesale it. Secure a property, so find a property off market, secure it, and then market to somebody who wants it and then they'll pay you a fee for that. And then you keep building the fees up and those fees in a little kitty, little pot, then become enough money for you to put a down payment on a larger property. Even a 50% down makes it easier if your credit is a bit blemished. So that's what I would do with 50,000 bucks. Okay, awesome, great answer. So Matt, where can people find you if they wanted to know more and reach out? Okay, you can go to my website, which is rccsol.com. Dot com. My email is Matthew with one T M A T H E W dot F at RCCSOL.com. So email me, check out my website, say hi, and uh, stick it from there. Perfect. Or come out to the right club because you come to many of those events as well. I do. I do. Good. So any final last words of advice for the listeners? Yeah, just really quickly. There are a lot of partners who work together, and one of the biggest problems is one person does the hard physical work, the other person does the soft work, which means the paperwork, the accounting, ordering stuff, picking colors and patterns. The person does the hard job, they feel as though at the end of the day, I've just done some physical work, I can see my result. The one who's doing the soft stuff, they can't see their result at the end of the day, and they feel as though they didn't get anything done. So the person who's done all the physical portion comes home and sees that other person not with anything complete and they don't respect and appreciate that partner, the whole thing collapses. You, gotta, you have to appreciate the partner who is doing things that are not measurable in one day or one hour. And that's the biggest problem I see when I'm mentoring couples. That's the problem that they generally have, right? 
So that's something that you should consider. Not you personally, but I mean people in general. That's a good point. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing your insights, your knowledge, and being uh, probably the, well, the second time on the show and the fourth time uh, we are interviewing Matt. So if you are interested in hearing the past episodes, please go and, uh, and look at them. We've talked about lots of different things. We talked about commercial. We talked about so many different topics. But thank you for, uh, I think this is a record, the fourth time <laughs> on our podcast. So thanks for being on. Well, it's great to be here. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons. And at the time, they all seemed very valid. But as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away. And eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larvey. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.